listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 1st of November 2022. A later six months of falls for Australia's property market, but first to interest rates and the Reserve Bank has lifted the official cash rate by 25 basis points to 2.85%. NAB, the first of the big four banks to pass on that rate rise in full to its variable rate home loan customers. And what it means, according to Rate City, is that on a $500,000 25-year mortgage, the average monthly repayment will increase by $74. But if you consider all the rate rises, seven of them we've seen since May, the monthly repayment would have increased by $760 since May. So for more on why the Reserve Bank moved by 25 instead of 50 and where the peak in interest rates will be, I spoke earlier with Alex Joyner. He is the Chief Economist at IFM Investors. Alex, the Reserve Bank went 25 basis points instead of 50. Why? Yeah, 25 basis points was today the short price favourite from most economists, just because it was very difficult to see why the Reserve Bank would go back to 50 basis point hikes. Uh, You know, the step down in the previous month was based on the RBA's caution around the impact of its tightening cycle so far on the household sector primarily. And despite the you know, stronger than expected inflation data, you know, it wasn't really enough to get the RBA panicked at all. Um, yes, it came in a little bit stronger than expected, but all in all, the Reserve Bank thinks you know, the global inflationary impulse is starting to, to fade a little bit and it can afford to just focus on some domestic concerns for now. On inflation, the RBA did revise upwards its expectations for the peak in that inflation rate to 8%. That suggests more rate rises. And in fact, in its last paragraph in the statement, it said, hey, expect more rate raises to come. But at the same time, it acknowledged that there's a lag and that the full effect of its rate rises are yet to be felt by mortgage holders. So the question is, how many more rate rises and what will the peak be? Yeah, we did see that sort of upward uh, revision in its uh, inflation forecast, 8% by the end of this year, and that's really marking to market the upside surprise from the inflation uh, numbers that we saw last week. Um, Interestingly as well, the RBA doesn't have inflation coming back within the target band over its forecast horizon, so out to 2024. So you might think, you know, that the RBA has to go further and, and be more aggressive, say like the Fed, but... To my mind, it all comes back to just what it thinks 2023 will be like. And, you know, the RBA also forecast a rising unemployment rate. And to me, that's key in terms of what the the balance the RBA has to strike. It needs to be seen to be doing things on inflation, but also paying mind to that unemployment rate that's rising. You know, the the Treasury forecast in the budget that uh, overseas migration will start to pick up more consistently next year. So we're going to have some labour market pressures there as well. So the RBA is really trying to strike this balance. And what it feels it needs to do to strike that balance is to move in smaller steps of 25 basis points. Now, most economists would suggest that it will go again in December, um, getting the, the cash rate up to 3.1%. But then I think it's it's almost appropriate that the RBA pauses, and this is an enforced pause rather than the RBA choosing to pause over summer when it doesn't meet in January, and then coming back in February to just reassess 
what the global economy looks like. You know, some of the effect on the uh, of the rate hikes to date will be coming through in the household sector domestically, and it'll be able to reframe the picture for 2023. And I think that's that's going to be an important pause for the RBA. So, in your books, what what have you got baked in? What are you forecasting? Well, I've certainly got 3.1%, but I think, you know, we've seen the vast majority of the rate hikes that are going to come, they've already come, uh, to my mind. You know, markets are pricing a cash rate of of 4%. I don't believe that. Um, I'm looking for the RBA to, as I said, go in December, come back in February and reassess, and there... In 2023, I think it will be really fine-tuning policy if it needs to. There's no guarantee it will come back in February and actually keep hiking. But if it needs to, I think it will be, you know, another 25, maybe 50 basis points um, for 2023. But then the RBA will be done um, and, you know, we'll really trying, be, we'll be really trying to assess how inflation comes down and how the domestic economy is performing. You mentioned all these forecasts about potential rises in the unemployment rate. We know that the RBA says that the full impact on mortgages haven't really been felt yet. So will borrowers be able to cope with these rate rises when they actually are felt? Well, I think that's going to be key. Look, households are under pressure. The RBA did note that today. You know, no one likes paying more on their on their home loan. And you know the, the increases in mortgage rates are going to be continuing to come through into 2023 taking away from people's discretionary spending, and and that gets uncomfortable. The worst outcome, to my mind, is an undue uh, increase in the unemployment rate that is driven primarily by job losses rather than too much labour supply, and that puts upward pressure on the unemployment rate. If there's outright job losses, then I think the RBA has gone too far. Um, it's not something that it, it wants to do. It just wants to take away at the margin some of the excess demand that it sees in the domestic economy. You know, we had retail sales. They st- still seem to be going along fairly well. It just wants to take away at the margin. It doesn't want to over-tighten and risk an undue increase in the unemployment rate that would then pass through to, you know, uh, delinquencies and, and problems with people paying their home loans. That's not the outcome the RBA desires. Alex Joyner there, the Chief Economist at IFM Investors. The Australian share market did like that move by the Reserve Bank because it was less than what some had expected, some in the market expecting a 50 basis point increase. So the ASX 200 added 1.7%, 6,976. But it comes amid a trifecta of central bank meetings around the world this week, the RBA today. And then you've got the US Federal Reserve and the Bank of England later this week. For more on that, I spoke earlier with Jessica Amir from Saxo Markets. So this week, all focus will be on the Fed's interest rate decision. So what's backed in is 0.75%. However, what's really important is where the futures are predicting where interest rates will stop or will peak next year. So the Futures are telling us that rate rises in the US will stop at 5% next year. This is pretty hot, um, and this is at a time we've got record high inflation also continuing to bite. Um, And thirdly, on top of that, Ricardo, we've got earnings that are declining for the first time this year. On top of that, the fourth concern is that we've got forward-looking earnings being downgraded. So we've heard from the big 
tech companies, the biggest U.S. tech companies in the world, um, including Google, including Amazon, and even Apple as well, all downgrading forward-looking earnings. So the picture ahead is pretty bearish. If you think about price-to-earnings ratios, they're back at 2008 or GFC levels. This is a concern, particularly because uh, those sectors that are really interest rate sensitive tend to actually suffer when rates rise. So we think that more uh, pain could potentially be ahead for those interest rate sector sectors that are, are sensitive. Um, however, we're looking for more earnings upside and more share price growth potentially in those commodity sectors. So energy and also soft commodities, agriculture. And in this environment, rising interest rates, rising inflation, where do you see the opportunities? Well, there's three key areas. So if you think about the broad ASX 200, uh, given that the ASX 200 kind of got the nod for potentially more footfill upside today because the RBA only hiked rates by 0.25%, that was expected. Market doesn't like surprises. So if you look at the technicals, uh, it's saying that the market could potentially get back to 7,140. So that means the ASX 200 could run 3% and then take a pause and a breather. The second area that we're seeing the most upside in is energy. So uh, OPEC, don't forget that they've made production cuts that kick in um, in a few days time. So they're cutting production, taking supply out of the market at a time when demand is still continuing to grow. But the derivatives of oil, Ricardo, think about diesel, they're actually predicted to run completely short of supply in the northern hemisphere winter. This means higher, cripplingly high prices are expected for oil and diesel this year. Uh, So as a result, companies in those areas are likely to see stronger earnings growth and share price growth ahead. The last and final area that we're seeing more upside in is the agriculture part of the market. And this is on the back of Russia walking away from the Ukraine grain deal. Uh, So we are expected to see more upside, potentially painfully higher for consumers. Uh, But for those investors in fertilizers, grains, corn, uh, we are seeing more upside ahead. Jessica Amir there from Saxo Markets. Now, rate rises are having the intended effect on the housing market. CoreLogic says the median price for a home fell by 1.2% around the country in October, with the biggest fall coming in Brisbane, down 2% for the month. For more, I spoke earlier with Tim Lawless. He is the head of research at CoreLogic. I think in a phrase, multi-speed, we've seen Brisbane now uh, take over from Sydney as being the fastest declining market. Values in Brisbane were down 2% in uh, October, but Sydney and Melbourne, even though values are still falling quite rapidly, they're losing some momentum or that that rate of decline is losing some momentum. Uh, Perhaps that's the initial shock of uh, of the the cash rate uh, hikes wearing off. But probably it just speaks to uh, uh, the market adjusting to maybe a new norm in the rate of decline. We're certainly expecting values will continue to fall further from here. But whether or not we're through the worst of this downturn is yet to be seen, considering you know rates are still set to rise even further from now. Household balance sheets will be more thinly stretched by high inflation as well. So definitely still some downside risks for the housing market. So if some of the momentum has been lost, is the worst over? Not too sure about that. I think uh, there's every chance we could see the rate of decline reaccelerate. Uh, it really depends on what happens with interest rates. If we start to go back to, say, a 50 basis point rising cycle, hopefully not. 
but that could be enough to you know to renew or uh, refresh a, a, a accelerating downwards trend. We know coming into next year, there's also some downside risks around uh, fixed rate mortgage holders refinancing onto higher interest rates as well. They've been insulated from the rate hikes so far. So uh, I think it's way too early to tell whether or not we're through the worst of it. But I think almost guaranteed we should expect that values will continue to trend lower from here. So how exactly are rising interest rates actually impacting house values? The biggest impact here is on uh, the level of borrowing uh, that uh, potential borrowers can take out. So borrowing capacity has been impacted significantly. There's also, of course, the side effects of very low consumer sentiment. We've seen sentiment down at recessionary levels. Even though it's picked up a little bit from August, uh, it's still extraordinarily low. We know that uh, consumer confidence or consumer sentiment is highly correlated with housing market activity. Then you've also got some other factors around just the impact of inflation on household budgets and balance sheets uh, and their ability to borrow as well is, is another big factor. And just finally, we're past the midpoint of the spring selling season. What kind of trends have you seen? Well, spring hasn't really happened uh, for the property market just yet. Normally, by this time of the year, we're well and truly into a significant ramp up in the flow of new listings coming into the market. Uh, Through October, we did see a little bit of a bounce in the flow of new listings, but broadly still tracking 20, even 30 percent lower than what it was a year ago and well below average levels for this time of the year. So that's that's good news in some ways. It suggests that, uh, say, there's, there's not really any distress showing through for homeowners. There's no dumping of stock or panic selling or anything like that. But it also shows that uh, overall supply levels remain quite low. And maybe this is one of the factors <clears throat> helping, uh, excuse me, helping to uh, support housing prices and maybe prevent a further reacceleration in the rate of decline. Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. SBS is Australia's most trusted multilingual broadcaster. Our listeners are loyal, highly engaged and have supported countless local businesses. We offer advertising packages for businesses of all sizes. Our experienced sales team will guide you through the process of owning a great campaign. Bring your own ad or have our production team make you something in one of our 68 languages. Start the conversation with your new audience today. Email sales at sbs.com.au.